The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust, episode 681. For your Tuesday, for your Tuesday, April 17th, 2018. Very appropriate that we exit the last episode, Heidi Hole, to see ice and snow and other not very middle of April scenes. Because <laughs> a, a lot of you are dealing with a lot of not very typical middle of April scenes. Oh with your weather and whatnot. The whole the whole East Coast, even the Midwest, Chicago, East Coast, uh, I think the UK as well, and parts of Europe, getting a final blast of winter. Happy spring! <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome back to Farlands Bust anyway. Sorry if you wanted to escape that, we're, we're going right through it again. Gotta get this wool, though. Gotta get this wool. We're all paranoid about our woolen situation. So now we're gonna overcompensate <laughs> and carry too much wool. We're going to become over-encumbered with a, a, a fluffy white insulation once belonging to sheep. But we're continuing on to the far lines here in Minecraft Beta 173. Raising money for direct relief. $14,586.08 raised so far at farlandserbus.com. Thank you so much for all the continued support. I actually just got an email from Direct Relief thanking us for what we have raised so far. $14,500, certainly not, not, not to be scoffed at, certainly indeed. So uh, I wanted to pass that along and also they were wondering if, if we had any questions about direct relief that perhaps I haven't answered or spoken about when I first introduced the charity for the fundraiser here in Farlands or Bust. What I do gotta do, what I do gotta do is actually put that information up on the website. Uh, I, I kinda finagled the website around and now one of the pages is dedicated to the charity, which it once was in the FAQs, but I decided to to, to separate it out. Uh, of course, I haven't actually made that page yet. Does anybody want to write that page for me? <laughs> I just need the content. I'm I'm a very typical web designer in that I don't... I'm not used to making the websites. I'm used to designing the websites. And that was generally, as a web designer, and I'm sure any freelancer, people who work at studios who do web design for clients, know that the biggest problem, <laughs> the biggest slowdown in any web design development project is waiting for the client to provide the content. They, they, that tends to be a uh, misunderstanding when, when a company or, or somebody hires someone to make them a website that it will just materialize out of thin air. But uh, you're just gonna end up with placeholder images and Laura Mipsum if you don't find actual content. Or in my case, a completely blank page saying, coming soon! <laughs> um, 
I really, I honestly don't even need to write that. It, I could just take it from the uh, direct relief information they've given to me. So, yeah, we'll get to that eventually, but if there are any questions above and beyond what's available on the direct relief website or what I've provided, certainly let me know, and I'll make sure if they're frequently asked to add it to the website. Indeed, it's always always good to get feedback and to hear back from the the causes we we support. And uh, it's all it's all you, it's all you all, who who have been uh, raising this money for direct relief and giving me questions. I was down to one question at the end of the last episode, but we've certainly replenished. So I do appreciate all of the questions there. Right. I heard liquid. I heard liquids! I heard moisture. <laughs> moisture. Ooh, spooky. So yeah, we're continuing on here. We are continuing on, indeed. Woof. Uh, what was I gonna say? I swear I had something else. I had a, I had a, an anecdote or some sort of question not question but just topic to answer and now I've I've gone and forgotten it I went went and got my a, a new battery on the old uh, Subaru Crosstrek it was having having some problems it, it, it always started but it was it's a three-year-old battery and usually when you buy a new car they they tend to put the cheapest battery in there so it was it was it was it was taking a few revs <laughs> to uh, to get started up and about to go on a little bit of a road trip. So didn't want that to be a problem. Might as well take care of it. And I was told I was told by the the automotive experts of Cone Dodgerville <laughs> that batteries batteries are all the same. They apparently are all the same. They're all like made by one company, but then just branded to the different brands. Um, they're all the same, and it doesn't matter where you get them. Uh, I've I've not been much of one to ever really step foot in an auto parts store, to be honest. Um, so I'm like, what? Like, is there like, you know, if I'm gonna go shopping, I'm gonna go to Target, and not Walmart. I don't want to go to Walmart. Uh, I, I'm if I'm if I want some sort of electronics, I'm not. I'm gonna you know shop online at like Newegg or Amazon. I'm not gonna. And I realize the irony between Walmart and Amazon, but I'm not going to go to to Best Buy or whatever. So I was wondering, is there any is there any situation like that with uh, auto parts stores or anything like that? Nope, they're all the same. They're all the same. So comparing apples to apples and uh, car batteries to car batteries, uh, the best price was at Ye Old Pep Boys. Ye Old Pep Boys had the best price, so I went there, and they include free installation. I'm like, well, I could do it myself. It's just changing a battery. Big whoop. But if they want to be the ones to lift this 40-pound block of energy, <laughs> car batteries are deceivingly heavy. I don't know how many of you have ever handled a car battery before, but they are they are dense. <laughs> they are dense indeed. So I'm like, you know what? If, you know... If, if they want to install it for me, fine, it's free. Let's do it. Uh, unfortunately, the free installation service also means that you're not the highest priority, <laughs> which I should have expected. Uh, ended up taking 
like an hour <laughs> to change the car battery. Um, so that was that was fun this morning. That was fun. Good thing I don't usually plan to record or uh, to stream. Excuse me, I'm recording right now. I don't plan to stream on Mondays, uh, even though this, like I said, episode's coming out on Tuesday. Um, so didn't didn't have any pressing issues with time. But yeah, that was that was interesting. So in the meantime, since I was in an, in an auto parts store, uh, I got I got some fuses. I didn't need any fuses, as far as I can tell. Everything works for the '77 uh, Corolla, but it uses instead of the little plastic tab Lego piece looking fuses that all modern cars use, it's got the glass cylinder fuses, and they look different too. I'm assuming the materials changed. Because I got the same size and the same volts and amps, whatever, fuse. But the old fuses in the Corolla are like flat. The metallic structure inside is like a flat, it almost looks like a barbell. There's a thick, thick piece and then a thin piece. Thick, T-H-I-C-C. Uh, and then, uh, but the new, new ones are all just like a very thin, it almost looks like a light bulb filament, I'm assuming. I mean, it's the same size, same volt, amp, whatever. Um, I, I made sure to check that. Um, but hopefully they work. I don't need them right now, but hopefully they'll end up working. But I asked the guy. I had the I had an old one. I just took one and put it in my pocket just to compare. Like, is this this has got to be the same thing as this? Because all the specs, you know, this amp the same, thirty two, this fifteen, that. Um, and he's like, well, what car is it for? And he goes to search it in the computer, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's a 1977 Toyota Corolla. And the system must obviously have information. Ooh, look at what's coming up ahead. Look at this. Is, this is beautiful. This is very beautiful. Screenshot. You want to be in this picture, Wolfie? Quickly, the sun is setting. No, oh, no, look, look. Yeah, beauteous. The neat little island-looking thing. Nice. Sorry, distracted by the the grandose scenery. Um. So yeah, like the the system had the wherewithal to have him ask me, "Is it the one point two or the one point six liter engine?" I'm like one point six, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> he got to the final screen, and there was no information about fuses or anything related to the '77 Corolla." So I'm like, "How about just in your expertise?" Can you look at this one that I brought in and also look at these ones that were on your shelf and tell me are they the same thing? And he's like, I guess so. <laughs> he didn't seem to know that much. Um, which I think is the problem with pet boys, it seems, and what I've since learned from Cone Dodger. He's like, any any place is fine. And then I come back from pet boys. As long as it's not pet boys. <laughs> Take it! You dang guy. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> and continue in the morning. <laughs> And awakeness. And continuing on. So yeah, that I don't think that that was the anecdote I meant to open with, but it's what you got for episode 681 here. Let's get to those questions, though. Palette hands. Now that we know you wear a kagule, pronounced kegel, outside when it's raining, do you still sport plimsolls 
Or do you employ wellies when outside? Listen here, pallet hands. I don't have time for your nonsensical ramblings and 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 jibber jabber. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a language I speak. <laughs> Whatever this language you speak is. And I know what wellies are. I know what wellies are. They're just rubber boots. Rubber boots. I do not own wellies. Alright, I don't know what a plimsoll is. Sounds like some variety of plantain or banana type fruit. Tree, tree, tree bearing fruit. Ooh, this is even prettier over here. But, uh, oh look, all that uh, gravel fell from up there and landed on that tree. Oh. Next to those skeletons. Let's go! I have, I have a a pair of bean boots. Do you know what bean boots are? Hmm? Hmm? Do you, my friend? Because you're not from Maine. <laughs> I have a pair of bean boots. Bean boots. LL Bean, that is. Are, uh, are my go-to waterproof boot of choice. Uh, I generally wear them if I'm gonna go to the uh, beach with Juno. Uh, or on they're not really good hiking boots. They they pretty much they're they're pretty much the waterproof equivalent of like Converse, except a lot more expensive. They're made in the USA. Um, you can get like insulated ones and stuff like that, but I got the pretty basic ones. Um, so yeah, they're not really a hiking boot per se. They're just more of a rubber outside rubberized waterproof mud boot. They're kind of Hunting boots is what they're marketed as, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go walking long distances in them if I if I didn't have some sort of specialized insert insole or something to to make it more comfortable. But yes, I'm covered. I'm covered on the waterproof front. What I just what I well, the only thing I need is waterproof pants or an outer pantular covering that's waterproof. Uh, then I'd be able to, I would, I would probably be comfortable hiking in the rain if I, if I had that. But as of now, I've only got the Kagule, <laughs> uh, and the Butules. Uh, I, I even got gloves. I've got waterproof gloves. Um, but I, but I would need, I would need pants. I don't know why. I, I tried to... I, I ordered, but I had to return some. Just because they were way too big. <laughs> they were extremely baggy. Uh, which is like, oh, they're out... You know, you wear them outside your normal pants. Who cares? But they were, like, dangerously like I would trip over the extra fabric billowing between my legs. So I had to return those. But thank you very much, Palette Hands, for this adventure of vocabulary. Dravir asks, did you hear about the new data protection... Whoa, watch out for the cacti. Data protection laws in Europe, what are your thoughts? How do you think in general about data protection? Is a person able to make good decisions about data protection and thus no regulations are needed? Or should a country try to protect their citizens in this regard? I didn't look deeply into it. The only thing I really know about is all this Facebook rigmarole going on with the uh, Cambridge Analytica jibber-jabber <laughs> um, in relation to that. 
But in general, I think just calling it data protection simplifies the matter too much. It's certainly more about digital data protection in, a, in this computer realm. In a lot of cases, there's there's data being shared and stored about you that you 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 can't make good decisions about because you're not aware of it. Like like they said, even if you don't have a Facebook profile, or perhaps you've you've never even visited Facebook.com, they they have made a profile for you simply based on tracking cookies or or friends of yours who are on Facebook. And Google does the same thing, and Amazon does the same thing, uh, perhaps to varying different degrees than Facebook, uh, Microsoft, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, I definitely do think there there is oversight needed. Unfortunately, I think the governments lack the expertise and knowledge and, and they need to be brought up to speed on such things in order to effectively create such regulations, laws. Because if we've learned anything, you really shouldn't trust a corporation to self-regulate. <laughs> Especially in regards to such sensitive topics such as such as that. Um, so yeah, I haven't I haven't and sat here and with bated breath waiting for the latest news about the Facebook thing or the whatever. I have I mean even I've never I've never installed the Facebook app on my phone. I don't know if that means I'm any better or worse off. Uh you know, Facebook didn't have access to all my contacts or anything like that like ever. I've never in any of my phones installed the Facebook app. Um I I I I made a Facebook back when they first came out and you had to be in a school that was on their approved list. Uh, so I've been there a while. Um, but I've only ever... I, I currently only have, I think, like six friends. <laughs> and they're all just like my family. Uh, and I don't even ever post anything or reply or like anything from my personal account. Uh, right now, my only main use for it is to post things to the... Uh, to the Farlands Busts Facebook page. And even, you know, in regards to everything... I've considered closing down my personal account and even like nah, like for a while I didn't even have a link to my Facebook uh the far lines of us page on the Facebook uh on the on like in the description or uh, even on the website but people use it um so you know it's it's not my I don't I don't think there would be any advantage or I don't think I'd be making any sort of grand proclamation or stance about current events by deleting my Facebook page or the Far Lands of Bus Facebook page in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly it's, 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 a, it's an excuse and a good idea to look into VPNs, uh, to look into uh, alternate DNS, you know, if you're worried about your, your ISP and Comcast and stuff, um, to do what you can. Obviously, encrypt your phone and, and make sure that's, you know, you got to protect your data from the government, too. <laughs> so there's that as well. Um, they're talking about asking for uh, all of the social media 
you've ever done if you're if you're coming from outside the United States to travel inside the United States. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a heavy topic, one that I certainly don't have. You can probably estimate my opinions, uh, but I don't have the, the, any breadth. There's no there's no bread at all of of my knowledge. <laughs> there's no breadth or width or height or girth to my knowledge uh, uh, about the topic or the current events or past events or what to do or what not to do. Um, so yeah, thanks for the question, Javier. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm mostly abstaining from answering all of your questions. I can, however, answer MJ's question. E-M-M-J-E-A. MJ. That's an interesting way to spell it. What will you do when you reach the Far Lands? This is a question I get a lot. And the answer I give a lot is... Oh. <laughs> I, I have no idea. That's not even on my radar. We're currently only just over 25% of the way there. And it's taken us seven years to get to this point. Do you know what you're going to do in another 14 years? <laughs> or however long it's going to take us to get there? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just only now starting to make... Oh, well, I guess I should sleep and then take this boat in the morning, huh? I'm only just now starting to make... Try to think of what arrangements I need to make for when we roll over to the next floating point barrier when this jittery offset is going to double um and that could that that could ish happen during this season it could happen it's gonna happen about the it's it's in the four millions isn't it and we're in the early three millions maybe or that's the last time we pressed f3 as far as blocks from spawn so yeah, and in that I'm like, well, we'll certainly want to experience it for a little bit at least and test with it and have some fun with the giant block offset. But if it becomes to the point where everybody can't watch anymore, then yeah, I'll have to I'll have to implement that code fix to make it go away. So when I get to the far lands, not a clue. Not a clue. I'm a completely almost almost. I'm 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 somewhat <laughs> of a different person entirely from when from whence I started this journey, I, I don't pretend to know who I'm going to be. I'm a Time Lord. You know, we we, we change. And uh, we uh, re regurgitate. Regurgitate? <laughs> Regenerate. So who knows who I'm going to be when we reach the Far Lands. I can't make that decision. Let's go to sleep! <laughs> and... Awakeness. Did I pass up all these sheep? Or did they just spawn? I think they just spawned. Because I'm going to go talk to them about the fact that they just spawned. Now I'm going to take their wool. Bloop. No pink sheep, though. Bloop. Bow to you, too. Let's see here. Metal Maggot asked... What was your favorite car you've ever owned, and what is your dream car that you could realistically achieve? Um, well, I, I haven't owned very many cars. Oh wait, I made that boat, didn't I? How, how absent-minded of me. Honestly, now it's gonna take longer for me to walk back to the boat than it would have for me to just 
put the new boat down and continue on. Uh, I've only owned... My first car was a 91, 92? Gosh, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, Cavalier. Two-door. Cavalier. Black. Murdered out. No, um... And then my second car to replace that, after it went kaput, was a 2004 Cavalier. Um, which I only recently got rid of in 2017. Uh, and then the third car I've owned is this Subaru XV Crosstrek. I think overall my favorite car that I've owned would be the Subaru Crosstrek. I've, I've always heard before I even went to buy the Subaru, it took me like three years, I'm like, oh, I should get a Subaru. Um, all the people I know who've owned Subarus have, have been happy with them and always tend to keep them like for 10 plus years until they, you know, until they get another one. Um, which is always a model of endorsement right there. Uh, and I'm and I'm happy with this one. I don't think I have any particular complaints other than that the newer Crosstreks are nicer. <laughs> that they have nicer interiors and uh, they've been a little bit redesigned to be a little bit nicer all around, better features and whatnot. But yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be the Crosstrek. Obviously, the fourth car... I didn't even really think of this. It's kind of weird to say it just almost feels like I it's it doesn't even feel like a car, the 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 Corolla. Um just cuz I never owned like a secondary fun car, <laughs> a, a, a side sidecar, a sidecar like a, a motorcycle. Um So yeah, I I I haven't been with that one enough to say it's been my favorite, and it's probably not going to be my favorite. I don't know that any old car would be my favorite just because there's going to be so many problems and they're 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 difficult to drive they're fun to drive but they're difficult to drive they're uncomfortable <laughs> they they smell um but yeah I, it'll definitely have to be the subaru i haven't owned that many cars um realistic realistic dream car i don't know i'm 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 very much of the mind of hopping around and 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 uh, owning a bunch. Obviously, I was originally looking for and thinking that my first quote-unquote fun car, that's lava, would be an old uh, Datsun S30 car. The, you know, the 240, uh, 260, 270Z. Um, that didn't happen. Because they're kind of they're kind of they're hot right now. They're so hot right now, and the prices are too high. So, I think maybe you know this this Corolla is the good entry level car. Maybe that'll be the next car I get. But then again, I've also now that I'm learning about Toyotas, I've I've taken a liking to the uh, Celicas, the the first early gen Celicas, Celicas, depending on how you pronounce it, Kegules, Kegels. <laughs> Um, you know, I've liked those as well. I do, I really like the bigger, old American cars. Your old 54 Bel Airs. Um, and I think when I get into those, maybe 
I feel like an entry level to those big old American cars would be like a first gen Ford Falcon. Not not huge, um, but you know, not as not as I guess well known or, or uh, popular as like the big gold Cadillacs or the you know big Finn cars, the '57 Chevys and things like that. So probably a little bit more attainable. Just looking at those, and then maybe you know. Like a 52 or a 53, you know, I even like the old Ford, uh, 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 what do they call them? I think they're just called, like, Ford Coupes. <laughs> the, you know, like the early 50s Ford, uh, there's a word for them and I'm forgetting it. I could see it in my face, too. <laughs> it's in my face. Ford, bleh, custom. Coupe or, or two door. Two door! The two door! T U D O R. That's what they're called. I knew it was. I knew it was something. But then again, I also like old hot rods. Like, you know, the old hot rods. <laughs> just like the where the engine's sticking out. The old. Uh, that are just taken from old uh, 30s. You know, a tea bucket or a. a, a, a Things like that. I don't even know, like, all the nomenclatures <laughs> about it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But then again, I, 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 I find new cars. You all know I, I like the, uh, the F-type. Jaguar F-type. I, li I like the new sporty, maybe not, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of supercars. I couldn't see owning a supercar. People can have their supercars. Your, your your Captain Sparkles and 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 other YouTubers can have their can have their Ferraris and McLarens and or GTs. That's fine. I couldn't. I wouldn't be comfortable driving it around. That's my one thing. I don't think I ever want something that's too nice for me to like not want to drive it or like be too worried about chipping the paint or anything like that. That's I think my one caveat about it. So yeah, I don't know. That, that you know, if you asked me maybe 10 years ago, I would probably would have said like, ooh, 57 Chevy is my dream car. But now, I don't know. I, I In my searches, I was starting to look at the Subaru Brats. And, and now, like, it seems like Cone is really <laughs> wanting to find one of those. Those are just goofy, goofy fun cars that would be interesting to own. <laughs> um... I had a strange affinity, and I still kind of do, for the Subaru, uh... Ah, what are they called? Everybody hates them, because they're an automatic transmission, but they were like an attempt at a Subaru sports car. Uh, it was called a... They have the split windows. You you know what I'm talking about. Like, those were, I always thought, were just like neat-looking 80s sports cars. What are those called? Ah, well, but you you know, just a, a wide variety, a variety. The the spice is the spice of life. Is that what? No, that's wrong. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I I'm I'm certainly open open to the possibilities that are presented to us. If you asked me two years ago, if you'd think you I would end up with a 1977 Corolla. I would have said, what's a 1977 Corolla? I would have said, like, my grandma drives a 99 Corolla. It's a four-door 
grocery getter. Why would I? <laughs> but, you know, now I'm, I'm learning about oh, the rear wheel drive. Badass. I'm learning a manual transmission. There, you know, there's a two-door coupe. You could do this, that, or the other, and they're they're also like a fourth of the price of the the Datsun Z cars. But yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think I think that's where we're going. And I don't know. I was even thinking about this before because my I recently paid off the Subaru Crosstrek, got to replace the battery. Uh, I got a couple of years left on the warranty still. But I'm like, what, what do I want to do? Is this a car like the uh, Cavalier that I want to keep for twelve years? Or, or do I want the spice of life and try to find another, like, daily driver? Uh-oh. Wolfie? Oh, there you are. Oof. That was close. That was a pretty big ocean. Will I get another Crosstrek because I liked it so much? Will I maybe think, hmm, maybe I should get an interesting daily driver? Certainly not going to use something like an old 77 Corolla as a daily driver, but maybe I want to find, like, an old uh, WRX. Hatchback. Since I since I now know manual transmission so expertly, uh, or maybe I want to like find an old. Uh, good lord! At all the uh, lava, that's like the fourth lava lake we've seen today. There's 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 some magma plate tectonic activity transpiring here in Minecraft. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. You'll, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. You know what else you should do <laughs> is uh, head on over to farlandsbust.com and consider donating to Direct Relief to help us reach our fifty thousand dollar goal for Farlands or Bust season seven. Farlandsandbust.com. We're using the uh, Tiltify system for donations this season, so that's why when you click on the little tracker bar at the top or the banner at the bottom, you'll be taken to a uh, Tiltify campaign, which is how we're how we're tracking the donations and how you're asking these questions. That would be much appreciated. Any amount helps this cause to make. Healthcare, both day to day and in, em in emergencies, available for those in need around the world. That is what direct relief does. That would be much appreciated. That is what uh, that is what drives us onwards to these far lands. That is what drives us onward, indeed. Well, now in the next episode, I got to remember to get planks of wood. <laughs> Dang, this inventory management. It's almost like this point of the game or something. So yeah, thank you so much for watching this episode. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you had a good weekend. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. I'm a time lord, you know, we 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 change
and uh, we uh, re regurgitate 